Oh, hi. Don't mind him. He's just doing breath work to get ready for. Okay. So, <sighs> massive, imperfect action. Because, man, I tell you, I can do so many crazy hikes and climbs and travel full time with so many children and all this stuff, but recording a podcast or a YouTube video and coordinating between the two of us to get one recorded, so much harder. So, Welcome to Be The Hero YouTube channel, or if you're listening to this on audio, uh, welcome to Defy The Norm podcast. We are here to help you live your best life ever. And we think, at least I think, no, I think Victor thinks too, that your best life matters a lot and revolves around like loving yourself, thinking you're awesome. So we use these words like self-love and self-worth and self-confidence. That is really what we're going to talk about today because Victor and I have been together since I was 17. Yes, 17. I'm 47. I 30 17. years. And, you know, the amount of wisdom I, we have gained through 30 years of being together, we just don't talk about enough. It's a lot to share. So we want to talk about today um, kind of a cornerstone content piece of what we feel like codependent relationships look like, how we were codependent at one point, what we've done to um, go from parenting each other to partnering. And we're not going to pretend that we have everything figured out, but man, let me tell you, I think we've come a long way in the last year. That's right. But before we get into that, if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to, or this is the first video you've ever gotten any of this story, almost 10 years ago, nine years ago, I like to say 10 at this point because it's going to be forever, we decided to sell everything and move full-time into a Class C motorhome, a 28-foot Class C, and we traveled the world and we just, with our five children in tow, and it should have been the most amazing time for me, but it was one of the most challenging growth experiences I ever had, and a lot of the knowledge and the, what Robin has developed has been to coach me get through this. So, um, away we go. Yeah, is it fair to say that Be The Hero was formed from me trying to save our marriage? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But in the end, you getting to know yourself too, yeah. to help me. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've asked Victor to leave. I've tried to divorce him more times than I can count. And I always tell him that I'm like, one day you're going to know that it's actually that I love you so much that that's why we've gone through all this heartache because... It's really, really important to me that Victor, like, loves himself. Like, I actually don't want him to love, like, to come and hug love me. me less. I mean, love me less. It's like from Couples Retreat. I, I always, I won't say that a lot. I always, we have no script. We have intention with this video, but no script. Um, I always say that you can only love your, love somebody else to the extent you love yourself. And so... I encourage him all the time. In fact, we're going to pause and tell a story about France. But I tell him all the time, like, I know you say you love me, but you need to go love yourself more first and then come love me. And I mean, I have more like self-love probably that I should nurture in myself constantly, but I really love myself. I mean, I, I think I'm amazing. I'm not perfect, but I'm amazing. I'm perfect for me. And I love that. And so... Because of that, I feel like, hey, Victor, I want you to do that, too. And he's just like, what? But now you get it. Now you totally get it. But that is why we've almost got divorced probably so many times, is really a function of 
loving yourself to the extent that you want stuff for yourself and not for somebody else. Meaning, if you are just saying whatever, when we moved into an RV eight years ago, Victor's like, sure, dear. Yes, dear. Whatever you want, dear. But then what happened is everywhere we traveled to, he'd complain. We'd be like, hey, yeah, you want to go to France? You want to go to Europe? You want to go to New Zealand? You want to go to Bali? Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Sure, sure, sure. And then we'd get there and he'd be like angry or grumpy or not really want to be there. And then when you, when that fatigue would build, it would be like pointing the finger like, I do this for you. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I don't want you to do it for me. You just go pick what you want to do for you and I'll go do this for me. And I had no idea what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And That's so the problem. Let's talk about France first. I think we've told this story a zillion times, but we maybe have never told this. Definitely on Be The Hero uh, YouTube channel, maybe on the podcast. Tell the story about France. I assume you're talking about my surfing issue. Yeah. Okay. I had a little problem with the surfboard when I was in France. So at this point, we had packed up everything and moved into our RV, or I'm sorry, uh, packed up everything we needed in backpacks and traveled through Europe. There was an intention to go six months and everything came to a hilt in Hosegur in the south of France. Um, I think for a little context, sorry, I'm going to interject all the time right now. Um, context is before that we owned a personal training and gymnastics facility in Coronado where we taught everything. Like we were self-employed, but really you're handcuffed because we never learned business skills to delegate very well. And so we finally delegated the work and we're, and while it was probably going to be a nice life raft to get us through the six months, it wasn't necessarily the optimal situation because we hadn't done the self-growth in learning how to run a business instead of create our own work hours. And so here we are in Europe traveling, like we had saved enough money to get through but there, there was this looming feeling of that the business won't be there when we get back. Because- oh, and that's definitely what impacted me. And so when we landed, the first place we landed was Norway. I fell apart quite a bit. We started arguing very regularly. And when we rolled into the south of France, um, which is an amazing surf culture, uh, we were arguing a lot. And that's where she started really using, I think you read some Paulo Coelho, and we're like, you need to walk the Camino de Santiago and figure your stuff out. Honestly, if I had had the courage to do that, because it really would have taken courage to be like, my family's going to be okay, I'm going to figure it out. It probably would have saved us a lot of heartache, but this content wouldn't have been created. <laughs> the, some of the some of the things that we've learned from it have given us the ability to help Hindsight's others. 2020. We can't so, look back, but it would have probably... We're arguing a little bit about what, what we're doing with the business. I thought it was going to disappear. I didn't know who I was. I was miserable. Uh, the following morning, we go to paddle out in... Um, go to paddle out and surf and in general i was already still very a beginner surfer and we're arguing out in the lineup and the lineup has lots of people hundred hundreds of people in the lineup from the south of france at least that's what i was telling myself i'm arguing with robin i decide i've had enough in the water i go paddle on the inside i'm going to start to catch waves i was struggling to catch waves and i take a wave a bad wave it's a, it starts closing out curling on me and I knew I was late as I was getting to my feet I'm already hit hitting the whitewash and I forget or just neglect to cover my face the board hits the bottom of the sand in the water and comes up and the fin catches me specifically the fin catches me 
in the eyebrow, right about the eye. Really, I thought it was the eye. Um, I can tell you now that it was right in my eyebrow. I thought I had lost my eyes. I hit the water. I'm thinking, ow, that hurts so bad. And I'm underwater feeling my face. Please be in, please be in my face. Please be inside the socket. Touch my eye. Realize it's in there. But now I'm like, I got to get out of the ocean. Um, and I'm getting nauseous. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I grab my board. away, it puts me on the sand. I crawl up on my hands and knees up the sand just to get out of the water. Uh, and I feel just blood everywhere. Uh, I, I know it's coming out my eye. I know it's coming out my nose. Um, I feel like it's coming out my ears too. There's a whole lot of pressure going on. I stand up and go, okay, I got to get, I got to get some help. But for, I, I don't know how bad it is. So I walk up to a Frenchman who's checking out the surf and he's smoking. I ask him, Hey, do I need to go to the hospital? Yes, you need to go to the hospital. And just then I'm going, I can't see out of one eye. I don't know where Robin and Gabby are. I don't know how, where in the lineup they are. A gentleman runs up, Jean-Marie, who uh, proceeded to be a very good friend, um, which reminds me, I need to reach out to him. Um, if he's listening to this, Jean-Marie, you were an angel at that moment. He runs up and goes, do you need help? And the story is less important about everything that led up to that. Because I had to, Robin had told me that I needed to trust more. So he walks up like, yeah, I need help. I need to get in my, my best friendship. I'm like, I need to get my wife and daughter out of the water so we can, I can go to the hospital, I think. And so I start waving my board around. Um, and eventually Robin notices, I think, and two people start coming in. I think they're Robin and eventually, and Gabby, and they start getting close to the beach. I'm like, oh, she's going to be so mad. And I could see the look on her face. I'm like, as she looks at me, like, what did you do to yourself? And Gabby's like, what happened? I'm like, I just took a wave late. It hit me. Do I need to go to the hospital? Yes, you need to go to the hospital. We need to call 911 right now. And uh, the gentleman says, hey, I can take you in my car. And I have an instinct and go, hey, I think I could trust this guy. Let's let him take us to wherever we need to go. Um, he proceeds to take care of it, take us to a clinic. They go, you need to go to the ER. It looks like you have an eye injury. Um, they, they, we go to Bayonne, uh, which is probably 40 minutes away. We hop in the car. We give Gabby and Danny 40 euros to take care of your brothers and sisters. We need to go to the hospital. And we proceed. That whole injury started because I was angry decided to make a bad decision, acted in anger, and tried to will the ocean to give me something. And the lesson there, of course, Robin was amazing and took care of me at that moment. But you would have think lessons will be repeated and to learn. That one was extremely powerful. I injured myself pretty badly, but I kept making these mistakes over our travels. That one rings true because I realized how angry I was and yet how at our root there was this to me I felt very loved at that moment still by you okay so a couple things to unpack with that the first thing is that Victor's story is like when I said tell the story right now because we didn't fully script this out when I said tell the story I thought he was going to tell the story about before the injury not even go into all the oh. details about the story um, I thought I was going to talk about like what the root anger fighting was about because mm. that fight that happened right before that, that night before that showed up. It was literally one, one of the first times that I said, leave, I don't care. Just leave me in Europe. I'll figure it out. And he's like, I'm not leaving you guys. I'm not leaving my family. I'm like, we don't need you. Like those words came out of my mouth so many times in the last eight years. I 
don't need you. He's an Enneagram two. That's like the worst thing I could say to an Enneagram two. I don't need you. I want you. I want to want you, but I don't need you. I want to be a partner here. And we really want to do this podcast episode talking about relationships, but I, but I think it was kind of um, serendipitous for Victor to go off on that tangent of the story because I'm going to tell you that's trauma. Like the reason I've had to ask Victor to leave so many times is because that trauma, he has told this story probably a hundred times and I can still like listen and feel that there is still so much energy behind that, that event for him. And if you're somebody who's had trauma, like Victor talks about all the time, he had childhood trauma for many years, sexual abuse for many years. And this trauma becomes stored in our bodies. So literally while I might be fighting with him about like, Hey, our future, like, where are we going to next? What are we going to do? Go do, are we going to rock climb? Do you want to go here for a ski trip? I'm in the present because I don't have as much of that stored trauma. I'm in the present or future. His mind is still caught in this, in this cycle of the past energy, past emotions. And because of that, when it's like, Hey, this was just an example of him like offloading that story again, because one of Paulo Coelho's book in the Zahir, he talks about how we have to tell our story until it loses all energy. Okay. Until it doesn't, until we just diffuse that energy and how breathwork of course helps with that. But the root problem for us was lack of desire. The root problem that made me say, I don't need you over and over and over again. This is a catch 22 or it's a hamster wheel. I don't need you because you won't have desire for yourself. You just show up and your only desire is to be wanted or to be needed, sorry, to be needed and be like, oh, if you need me, then I'm valuable. But then we go on a trip and you're like, if you would show up there and be like angry, unhappy and blaming me for putting us in this situation of travel. And it was, that's the cycle we have that's we're in the process of breaking. I think we're getting really close. Like we're getting really good, but I really wanted to tell a story about how we had to relive this about a month ago and how, how I feel like we've broken through, but also how I can see it's going to resurface in smaller doses. And I think that the big thing is it's, it's when it rears its ugly head again, we're much better at diffusing it. Would you agree? A hundred percent. So I can feel myself getting this, I'm really good defender. I, I mean, like I can play defense in an in an argument like no one's business, and I will also get allow myself. At first, I didn't even allow myself to feel agitation towards you, and then I was like empowered. You were actually told me like allow, allow yourself to go there, and then I was like, oh okay. But then it was like so unproductive. I'm like, wait a second. Now I have to really work on tempering and listening to the woman, listening to my wife, and like, what is she? What is she actually saying from a place of of calmness like okay let me let me take that and can i hover outside metacognition to be like is this the person i want to be even in this right now normally when we would do something like this where she fed me pointed me in direction and i went off on a tangent that she did not really want me to that would have irritated me to no level hey i just followed your lead 
And she would initially be like, you idiot. This is not where we wanted to take this. How, how, how are you so stupid? <laughs> but in the end, I'm like, yeah, I had to take that story. But that emotional, hopefully that came through to you realize like, look, I've been where you're at, where you're so emotionally low and so emotionally like, I don't want, why can we keep reliving this? And yes, you with practice, you can start floating outside your body and like, no, no, no. This is not that, and I want to move forward like this. And I don't know if I want to really want to keep this under 45 minutes, but so I don't know if I can connect every single dot. We're trying to tell some stories, and then also I'll try to connect some of the dots, but this is our gift in coaching. Like I can pick this up when, like, in seeing where people um, are telling themselves this story, right? Your Enneagram is your defense. It keeps you stuck in this pattern over and over again. And like, that's why I laughed when Victor went on this story because I go, oh man, I thought <laughs> I told him like, do we have to keep telling this story? It's a great story, but we've told it so many times, but I, but I can be in my Enneagram growth as it too and just be compassionate and be like, you know, this isn't like, it makes him feel good and that's okay. Like I have loving kindness. So like this story makes him feel good. And my lack of control is like, whatever we're not going to nail this podcast we'll just do 10 more podcasts who cares okay who cares let's tell the colorado story because i think it's a value point being france 2016 we had this argument like you're not happy this is the thing you're not happy you don't know you what happiness you, is you said you wanted to be here you're here you don't want to do it i can't tell you the number of times we've gotten into um our rv because i almost before now victor and i'd go 50 50 in towing but for so many years victor would be like well if you want to travel somewhere here's the keys i'm not driving headphones in hoodie on tightens them up sits in the back seat moping for like 12 hours like an angsty teenager and i'm like fine fine i'll just do all the driving like i'll take personal responsibility i want to drive to south uh whatever south dakota or spearfish or wherever i want to or um sandpoint or wherever i want to drive I want to drive. I'm willing to do all the driving, but like, but part of me is like, but I love you so much. And we do this, this analogy that I go, I just feel like I'm always driving the boat and I don't mind driving. I just wish you were in the passenger seat next to me and like active and smiling and saying, Hey, let's go over there. Turn the wheel this way. But I feel like you're this water skier that is just holding on to the handle. And sometimes you're standing on a ski and sometimes you're just being drugged by the boat with your face first holding. That's <laughs> happened too. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I just love you, but I want to be like partners doing this. I don't want to parent you. I don't want to coach you through it. I just want us to be present together. Yeah. And so because we won't feel like that a lot of times, this over the, the the thing that's changed it a lot that was really helped is my kids grew up my partner in crime Gabby and Isabel and Danny to some extent but really Gabby was the one who ended up playing that role with me Adventure. and I always had her to make hey well whatever your dad he's going grumpy we'll just leave we'll leave him in Pulsan we'll leave him here we'll leave him on the side of the road he was like close to being like um not European vacation, National Lampoon's vacation, where we just put, tie you and put you up on, or like, what's her name? Aunt, Aunt Edna. Yeah, she's poor Victor, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, poor Victor, but he's choosing this. 
And so I had Gabby and then Gabby kind of like went off on her own for a while. And I was like, you've probably Hard heard work. a podcast of that. I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I'm just trying to be the best that I can as a mom and supporter. But man, okay. So then I go to Jirai and Tati and they're great, but I don't want to like create a codependency with them either. So I had to feel my way through a lot of those years, but they did do stuff. And Victor also was doing my request of, hey, can you work on yourself and understand this? And so this summer we had some amazing trips, just the four of us, just Jariah, Tati, Victor and I. And we'd have these really beautiful moments of travel. And then we'd have hiccups and it would come, and the hiccups actually would happen a lot when we were in St. George, because what would happen was Victor would come back here and, and get back into like an old pattern of a routine. Like I need my gym and I need my like routine. And he'd tell himself this story that he needed comfort Stop. and stability and routine, but then he'd have it and he wouldn't be happy. And I'd be like, wait a second, now I'm really confused. So now we travel and you're actually kind of happy. Remember Washington, remember Idaho, remember? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, you were happy then. Oh yeah, I was. Okay, but we're back here with stability and you're not happy. So now I'm really confused. But like this last trip about a month ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm exhausted. I know I want to go to Colorado. My adventure buddies want to go to Colorado with me. Why don't you just stay back? Just stay in St. George. And this was our last trip in um, beginning of October. So do you remember like why you stayed back? What your thought process was? Where you were at emotionally? Well, emotionally, I was at a frustrating point in my life because of my inability to reach into multiple things. My inability to reach into what I wanted and willingness to work towards that. Um, a resurfacing of like, you're still choosing them over me belief system. Them as in the kids. Uh, yeah, right. Like, okay, you don't need me? All right, go do it. Yeah, let me let me see if it hurts you. Let's see how I can hurt you, which is not a really good, healthy place to be in a relationship. We oftentimes, um, I think my male ego gets, gets to me, but there was a codependency that I almost naturally slide into. And there is, there is some challenge to me that I feel as if I need to be able to not worry about these other things so I can propel myself forward. And so while on the road, I was tended to make excuses like I just can't, like even this content, it's not perfect lighting. Yeah, it's hard for us to make content. I mean, I feel a lot of guilt because I was tumble, paying attention to Dry and Tati and the tumbling and I'm like, you guys, I really need to get out and I really wanna get this content out because it is important to us. Like we have a gift, This our coaching, I don't know anybody who coaches with the, background that we do with the amount of travel relationship for 30 years kids, yeah. five kids adult children that have actually like for a long time i used to be like oh i can't step into this voice because i don't know how my kids are going to turn out now i mean very confident very loud because i'm like they're proof they've is made in it. the pudding they've made it and they're balanced it doesn't mean made it means like that they're like like made it means emotionally balanced productive grounded driven Confident, resilient, adaptable. Those are words. It's not like, oh, they make a million dollars a year. That's what they made it. That's not made it. They probably will though soon though. <laughs> um, so it, it is hard. It, it's hard. But this is why I, I asked Victor. I'm like, please, can we just be as vulnerable as possible? So this is us being vulnerable in that I do think we have something that people, there's, 
I don't know anybody else talking about this stuff. So we, I, I go to Colorado with four of the kids. Um, Danny stays back because he works here. He doesn't necessarily love to travel so much anymore. And I go, Danny, hey, can your dad stay with you for a week or two while we go to Colorado? Extreme, fine mom, yeah, whatever. And that'll be a whole nother, what that whatever means, that's a whole nother podcast. But for right now, we go to Colorado and we have like five amazing days. Jariah, Tati, Gabby, and Isabel and I, we are adventure addicts, hardcore. We can go sleep in the most extreme conditions. We can like go pretty much 24 hours without eating if we need to. We don't mean to, but we're just like so pushed for this epic thing that we can roll with the punches. And we're, I'm super happy doing this. And then Victor's like, my friends from the campground here are coming to visit us. They're, they had planned ahead of time that they were going to drive out and meet us for the weekend out there. It's like an eight hour drive. It's a huge commitment. And my friend's like, hey, you want me to bring Victor? I'm like, I don't know. If you can convince him to come, great. I really don't care. I'm having so much fun. I just want Victor to be happy. I want him to find this thing that's gonna just like transform his life. He's gonna be so happy. He's gonna come to me all enlightened and be like, I get it now. I get it. This is jo this is joy. I have an idea. Okay, which by the way, a couple weeks ago, he had lots of ideas. It was amazing. So I thought, so our friend, our friend Fred, we're gonna call him Fred. Our friend Fred brings Victor. And the first 24 hours getting there, it's like, it's awful. We're not even talking because I was just so mad about a problem that Victor has. He has this huge addiction. Huge, huge addiction. You're wondering what your addiction is. No, no. I know he has an addiction to being a chameleon. Mm -hmm. And I can't stand it. But I understand Enneagram and I understand what the goal of an Enneagram defense mechanism is. And I just say, like, look. I just think we're, we're past this. I think like being a chameleon, I can't take it. Like you pretend to be this person for everybody and I don't think it's serving you anymore. It's certainly not serving our relationship. And so two nights in, or the net, the, the third morning, no, probably yeah. the second morning, second morning. But you got there on a the Friday. Bonfire. Friday, right. Yeah. So that night, so. That line, I'm doing that. That night, he's doing chameleon. And my friend Fred, who, I think it's just rad to hang out with. It's great and like we're totally different, but like we have a good time and I love to have a good time. I'm not here for a long time. I'm just here for a good time. And so I turn to him when Victor walks away and I'm like, why do you always side with my husband? I was so mad. I'm like, why? I like you. I'm authentic to you. I accept your weirdness and I think it's rad. My husband's putting on a show over here and you're siding with him and that bothers me. So the next morning he, he kind of pulls me aside while Victor's working. He's like, um, actually, that was the first night. He pulls me aside that, that first morning. He's like, like, um, I don't, I don't understand. That kind of hurt that you said that. What do you mean? And in his defense, he's only seen the chameleon side of my husband. So he's really confused in all fairness. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain this to you. It's just like, this is not my husband and like, you think my husband walks on water because he basically puts on a show that makes him seem like he walks on water. And I love Victor. I think he's amazing. But I want his authentic version to be what people see as is, is amazing. Which means he doesn't always like 
kiss everybody's ass. He's just kind of like blah sometimes. That would be cool. I like that Victor's blah sometimes. It's kind of a nice... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, I do. To, to well, my thing is I'm always like, I've always been, felt like I was in this service industry. I'm like, you're always filling space. You're always filling space. You're always entertaining. You're always, you're always doing He's this. He's literally always... the type two wing one servant. Yeah, so... To me, it's exhausting, and I think what Robin hates more about it is like you give everything to everyone else. You have nothing. You don't ever do that for me, um, and so I have I've had to learn to temper and refine this authenticity. Or what happens is that you give to everyone else that you're so tired that when you were, were not now because he's a changed person, you were aloof around me. Yeah. You would use me as an opportunity to, just to like zone out. zone out and not be emotionally available or not have ideas. And instead, it's still an adage that Robin always uses. Like, I used to come home from work and like, hey, you need to leave a piece of pie. I, you're a pie. You need to leave a piece of slice of pie for your family. Um, and and so I've worked on making that pie bigger, that so piece that, of pie bigger, and also the slice bigger. I want to leave 75% of that for you guys. You are. You're doing a great job of it. So. But that morning, he, um, our friend Fred came and pulled us aside and said like hey do you guys need counseling do you guys need help because i was like kind of like whatever i'm just done i can't be like i can only change me and i can make requests but i can't change somebody else and i think that moment was like a, a shock to you like it hit you hard like i'm the counselor i'm the coach somebody's coming to me right Is this yeah i mean that was extremely powerful plus it was also the first time and even this the first time we've ever shared like truly some of the like most uncomfortable experiences of our relationship because as a chameleon and remember it's not a flaw that victor's has his program just like my program my belief wants to be system angry belief system is a better word Robin. yeah my belief system is if i put on this attractive character mm. these people will keep me safe they will protect me and it makes sense. My likability is is a superpower that I used a lot that was super important growing up. If someone likes you, they're less likely to stab you in the back or hurt you. And so making sure you're likable in a place where you feel unstable and unsafe is super important. Yeah, and let's think about, like, let's add the poverty mindset that, like, you got rewarded for helping out in the kitchen. You got rewarded for being, being the helper for going and to nobody self. nobody knew how to help you maybe thrive or study mm. better in school. You didn't have access to tutors. You didn't have this ability. So what I would say, Victor had to put all of his energy into his heart chakra. Not to say he was stupid like did his mind chakra, but his parents were not able to develop that mind chakra, that Correct. intellectual chakra to say like, how can we think our way through this? How can we problem solve? How can we strategize? So, so that had to be shut off. So everything was from the heart, which is not always healthy because then you become an overgiver and yep. then you grow up to be an adult who doesn't know who they are. Yep. And I'm like, 30 years, I know Victor. I felt like better than Victor knew Victor. That is true. And I'm like, you're a really amazing person. But there but was these deficits to me that are much more clear and, and even more available for me to understand and work on. And the hard part is that you can't get to this point until you learn to think to yourself and go, 
oh, I have this whole undercurrent of stuff going on. And that had to happen long enough for you to be able to go, oh, it's happening, I'm catching it this time. It's true. His change is all about being able to catch, catch a thing. Catch, what is the unattractive person? Robin refers to me as two people. Francisco is the, like the guy she wants to hang out. Francisco, that's fun to say, isn't it? Francisco. And then the other one, I couldn't even Pedro. remember. Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> I go for Pedro's shirt. Like Pedro, like, like the person who's stuck that way. And to be able to learn to catch your Pedro coming out within you is is critical, is important, so that you can catch. And this is if you give a crap. Yeah. Like, a lot of people just eventually give I, It's just not important. I heard a story recently where a guy said his wife just came into the garage with it. I don't love you, I want a divorce. Damn. Thankfully, guys, I don't have a garage. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> uh, so I looked at him, I'm like, hey, don't worry, we don't have a garage. Um, so... In Colorado, I want to keep rounding out this story because I think it, I'm hoping it resonates. I hope it connects some dots. Patterns, everything, every roadblock you're experiencing Patterns. is a trigger. So the next night, so he's, at, so, so our friend Fred, hey, do you guys need counseling? Victor looks at me like, what the, I can't believe you brought somebody into our drama. I can't believe I now have to look like the unattractive character to this person. So there's a lot of anger and silence the rest of that day. And then this is the pattern. This is the pattern. Victor wakes up and he's caressing me. He's touching me. And I'm like, I'm like, no, we're not doing that pattern. I'm like, you, you dreamt I died again, didn't you? Because every single time. You want to know, you want to know when you know, when you have your subconscious is powerful. Honestly, the frequency in which that happened, I would say on the weekly, I had nightmares of losing children, not being able to save them from a um, traumatic death, like holding on like cliffhanger. No! As if I had that weekly for years and years and years. And um, when we would fight, that's when that comes up and I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? That could actually happen. You should, you should just one one thing I do is do I don't give up and I keep trying. And he says sorry like nobody's business. It's so good. Sorry at is it. not important. And I'm like, As, don't like, tell me <laughs> don't tell me sorry again. Don't don't no. You're not allowed to caress me. We're we're solving this problem. I should go get my piece of paper. I'm gonna save it actually for the next episode to really t go through the mm -hmm. teaching steps of what I had to communicate in order to get my point across. Not because I needed to be right. I needed to be understood so that we could actually take the step. You can't solve a problem you don't understand. And so that morning I said, no, 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 we're not. We're going to go sit in the freezing cold truck and we're going to spend an hour, an hour and a half. And I'm going to ask all these questions to kind of walk you through what I think this problem is that we keep running into because I don't think we can solve this problem without you having desire. There's no right. way. Correct, right? Right, 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 right. And, and so there has to be a, that self-imposed desire is greater than I want six pairs of tennis shoes. <laughs> Although that's always like been one of those things like, ah, oh, you know, nice clean pair of socks, a nice made bed. Whoa, that's all I want? No, I actually want way more and actually. I don't know if the listener understands what Victor's saying is when I tell him, ask him like, well, what do you want? Because it's like, 
if I want to travel, but we go travel and he's unhappy, yeah. like, okay, well, you don't want to travel. And then if he said like, okay, well, I want stability in a house. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to do to get that? Like, meaning you'd have to have a totally different career yeah. and like get back in the rat race. That's a hard jump to get back into. Are you sure? Like, okay, fine. I'll support, I'll support all these things. The problem was it was more of a sense of, of victimhood of like blaming and pointing fingers instead of like, I will support any level of self self-responsibility. You just need to tell me, put the cards on the table. This is what I want. And most of the time, Victor would say, well, I want six pairs of tennis shoes. And I'm like, well, only poor people say they want six pairs of tennis shoes. Like, okay, well, I can, we have money in the bank. Do you really want me to go buy you six pairs of tennis shoes? I can go do that. And he's like, well, no, no, I don't want six pairs of tennis. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. And then it would be like, okay, but what do you want? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, I mean, even this RV that we're sitting in is another good story of that because for so many years, Victor would say like, well, I don't want broken RVs because we have a lot of broken RVs, but they're, they're fun. And it's, they're fine because I want other Perfect. things that I'm putting money towards these other things that I go, well, I don't really care. I mean, we had an amazing time last week in San Diego. And wait, 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 hundred percent now different. Momo serves a purpose. It is an amazing beach vehicle. I love camping on the beach and going into that vehicle and going like, this is perfect for what we what we want right now. It's, and so yeah. instead of like, that's putting on airs. That's like, oh, well, what are people gonna think? That is a whole nother belief system that I had to, I, it's really going to San Diego and realizing like, no one cares, no one cares. What's important to you is what's most important. I'm very much a um, Frank Lloyd Wright mentality, form follows function. Yeah. So, in those broken RVs, they were serving a specific function. But this RV here, I went to go buy, technically, like, it was a big deal. Like, Victor's great about, we share, of course, he's two, shares all of his money. But sometimes with the Nomad's money we make with Gabby and I, I'll be like, I'm setting aside this money, and I'm going to buy this RV with that separately. And I was, like, basically, like, a big step in being like, I'm not touching the money that we share that I know you're so kind about that almost to prove a point that I'm like, look, we can have the things we want. I want this RV. I'm going to go drive tomorrow to Nebraska to pick up this RV and I'm going to drive back and I'm not asking you for time. I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking for you to agree that I could go do this. I'm just going to go do this thing. And I think, don't you think that was a big, powerful moment of like, oh man, well, yeah, it's, like, there's a manifestation moment, and those are these are these are massive things, right? Manifestation and the power to be able to see your future, which I always I always start off with people and in myself when I when I'm doing my breathwork and meditation is like, what do I want to feel like in the future, and then what do I what can I envision? What do I want to feel like? Light, yeah. <laughs> lightness, fun, happiness, joy, passion love okay what can now that word what can that word look like as a visual and then that starts i mean this is again yeah. sidetracked but that is what i needed to do to come into this yeah. more balanced so i can do this i'm pinching <laughs> your cheek so it, it was great that in that moment in colorado we sat down we had this talk i'll do the video a separate video on it because it's 
I do think it's a framework. It's the framework I teach in Be The Hero. It's an important framework to identify what you want. Victor has an amazing, he is the most amazing coach, but he has to overcome so many poverty mindset blocks that were instilled in childhood in order to be able to share his gift with the world while still valuing himself. Like, right. It wouldn't be of any good if he just goes and coaches everyone for free because then it's like you're not valuing yourself. Right. But at the same time... Also, people don't that don't pay don't pay attention. It's <laughs> very true. Here's it's super my... big because a lot of the a lot of the lessons that I'm teaching people are look if you want more hand holding for me to hold you accountable for all the things we're doing that's this price point, but or you can just do some of it on your own. And we do talk about like the breath work was transformational in the sense that it created more of a pie. Yeah. Victor more. could not have probably made this this change, but breath work alone would not have made the change. No, needed the I would have just been breathing every two weeks and been still repeating, going back and forth in the ruts. Okay, <laughs> same same thing, same thing. It's like seeing an awesome power. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, not going anywhere. But at the same time, I have a flaw of pushing too fast, possibly for people. So that's why I really think Victor and I and Gabby and bringing Isabel, even Danny today was talking to Victor and he's deep. like, he should be a life coach. He should not be working at the restaurant. He needs to be a life coach. He will be a life coach because he has so his, much His systemization, insight. his ability to be able to then take that and see a template is will be amazing as well and if you're a parent i gotta tell you the reason i'm gonna raise five life coaches is because we raise them through a life coach method of what do you want making What's important? You know, what do you want it all comes down to you have to be able to answer that question victor couldn't have been the most amazing husband that he is now and continues to be without answering that question for himself what do i want and it can't be for you to love me for you to like me it has to be, what do I want as an independent, self-sufficient human being with this program that I need to move past? Mm -hmm. And what do you want? If you know what you want, awesome. Why aren't you living it? I'm going to call you on it. Like, live it. If you know what you want, then you're ready for me to be like, let's go. Let's go make it happen. If you don't know what you want, you need to breathe with Victor until that light bulb moment comes up, comes up and goes like, oh, man. I know what I want. Okay, we are we are creators. We are co-creators, and so individually create, then co-create. You have to be able to see yourself as a creator. What the challenge here, and the, this is super important. I was being towed along um, as a water skier, which didn't make me a creator. I certainly was enjoying the trip back there, but I was not creating myself. And so once I started to even create just the slightest bit. The slightest bit then all of a sudden i would we could co collab 100 percent, and i think our kids so as a parent you have to be able well, you gotta do it for yourself first you need to read my if you're not doing it for yourself read my book uh, be who you want your kids to be but then you have to show up for your kids with this word what do you expect what do you expect because then it's going to make them start thinking shoot what is my ex expectation is desire what i want is what i expect what I expect is what I want. Yeah. And you you just have to stay in that flow all the time. And letting go, diffusing these silly roadblocks, these self-limiting beliefs, these um, stories, fears you're and, yeah. stories you're telling yourself. 
the, just think of it that way. What story am I telling myself? Man, I'm telling myself I'm not worthy on some level by not speaking out. I sat behind this humility that I thought was a value system, which in some of it I haven't let go. Humility is is an interesting word. Things should just be replaced with kindness. Kind, should yeah, never be kindness, humble, but be then kind. be kind. Absolutely, for me. And just being able to like, Robin will go, can you change that person's life? A thousand percent I can change their life. Then why aren't you talking to them? I was like, well, they should just know, know my value and I want them to come to me and say, I need your help. I'm like, well, some people don't have that kind of courage. And I go, oh yeah, you know what? I don't have that kind of courage. Victor would never ask for help from somebody, yeah. ever. He could be, there could be a mechanic across the way with all the tools to fix something, something. on the RV, but he would never yeah. walk across the street and say, hey, I and see that you have a lot of tools. That self-reflection is enough for me to go, I need to speak out to help people that other way. Does that mean I'm ready to go speak out to some, ask someone for help? Yes. 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 You are now. I, I can. I, I'm like, I would willingly. I accept a little bit more. Like, hey, I don't know. Because through our travels, I ask people for help all the time. Yeah. And Victor's always shocked. He's like, I can't believe you, like, literally put yourself on people's doorsteps sometimes. Like, dude, I need your help. Like, I. But here's the thing. I give back in return yeah. every Tenfold. single time, at least. Tenfold, too. So I've never been afraid to ask for help because I've never been afraid to give help. Yeah. And because of that mindset, I don't. it doesn't bother me. Um, so Victor, as a coach, we've had this, this was, this is kind of our, the pattern, the problem. He feels like people should just know my worth. They should just know that I'm good at. So he felt like he's this mechanic across the street. Who's like, dude, look at all my tools. Look at me fixing stuff all the time. He himself as a coach, like, look at my weights. Look at me down using my dumbbells. Look at me not injured at 49 years old. You guys should just know, mm. you should just know that I'm great at fixing bodies, just like that mechanic is great at fixing cars. Victor himself, though, would never go and ask the mechanic to help him with his car or help him with his RV. Yeah. And he was living life with that same thought process, like, well, that person should just know that I could fix their body. Because for him to put up a sign and to make sure his sign's legible and to make sure his sign's in front of the right people, that takes a lot of mental kosha. That takes shifting from just giving with love and humility to like actually having to think through, shoot, How? where is the person? Yeah. Shoot, where do I get signs? How do I, how do I write my signs legibly so people understand them? And so we as a couple have been caught in this trap for so many years of being stuck because of lack of, literally because of humility, but really that's pride because in Enneagram 2's uh, deadly sin is just pride. That's what humility ends up being. And I sit here, I'm like, Victor, you're amazing. Can you fix that person? Yes. Can you fix that person? Yes. Can you fix them? Why don't you just tell them? The worst they can say is no. My mom, I've said this on the podcast so many times. My mom. Who probably doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> never listen to my podcast. But that's okay. She has a, she gave me one amazing gift. She told me the worst they can say is no. And so I have never worried about asking things. Worst they can say is no. Gabby will tell you that that is a lie. The worst that they can say is nothing in this day and age, because back then you tell them on the phone. Now you send out an email, no replies, no replies, no replies. You're like, okay, the worst they can say, just say no. It'd be better if they say no instead of nothing. But you see this, I'm trying to reiterate it. So maybe you see your trap. Maybe you start to notice, are you running that play too? 
are you the person who is sitting on the side like you might be the other side you might be the person sitting there going gosh victor i wish you would just like extend help to me and offer me and tell me like tell me how you can help me tell yeah. me what i need to do first that that pattern is really hard to break Okay, so my favorite son is walking in the door, so I'm gonna end this right now because wait. I don't see wait Danny, I don't see him that often and we rambled long enough. You get the point. Relationships. Hit us are up worth if you fixing. have any questions, guys. We love you. Look forward to hearing from you again. Namaste.